Hello, and welcome back to Subclass Act, a solo role-playing actual play podcast. My name is James Schrall, and I'm your host, and we're going to resume our story. Now, I've been reading various blogs about actual plays online, and I want to set the record straight. I'm actually solo role-playing this game. I don't pre-write story, with the exception of, like, uh, I pre-thought about the story that moved us in, like, the cinematic bit of the last episode, but in general, I do not in this game. I play it all at the table. Occasionally I think about it, same way you would think about a normal game offline, but I'm actually playing it at the table. You hear my actual dice rolls, my thumbles, my actual personality quirks, things like that. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm using, I'm doing the real deal here at the table. Um, I do edit it, although I may start doing it less and see, I just, we'll see what happens, but I mainly just remove annoying um, extra ums, ands, lip smack sounds, uh, the most I've ever done is like re-record an intro, like this part, um, because it was bad. But I don't, I don't ever really record really parts of the story. I don't edit the story. I don't think, no, I didn't like the way that turned out. Let me try it again. Um, so yeah, you're kind of getting the the raw experience that I only edit just to make it listenable with less annoying sounds. So uh, that's just a heads up. So we'll move back into the story. So last time on Subclass Act, uh, Aneth and Thurston were, well, they experienced a whole lot, really. They finally went through the portal, met an extra planar being who told them that they have to gather the others, which it sounded kind of vague. They meant, uh, it seemed like the, the being meant that they, they needed to retrieve um, the other party members who had died, potentially. Um, so Joyce and um, Iris and Warder, uh, because they, they're connected somehow. They, they don't belong somehow, and somehow they exist in these different places. And so... Um, they ended up in this other reality um, they were kind of thrust into and they're now in a like a futuristic sci-fi world. Um, we rolled up, it's the, ends up being the same planet. They're in a similar place. Um, not necessarily Treyminster on the same planet. So it's in the future. Maybe it's in the past. We actually, we don't know that part. Um, it could be in the past um, and there was something else that happened. Who knows? Um, we'll find out. Yeah, basically they, they landed there and they had, a, they experienced when you think about it, something that was very similar. Uh, in Treyminster, as a reminder, they were attacked by orcs who were coming from the outside. There was a peace treaty that was being signed. There was no peace treaty here, but they were still there was still a violent uprising um, in the town, and that seems like an interesting connection um, between where they came from and where they are now. Um, so we know that Aneth is connected to this. We don't know, really, it doesn't seem like Thurston has the same connection. He seems like a normal person. He doesn't exist in all these universes as far as we know. Um, but there was an uprising, um, as they were, uh, there was a, like a, uh, kind of like a riot or a rebellion that's being incited against the Evolve Corporation, which we randomly determined from the, um, sci-fi book of random tables, uh, and Anna and Thurston were forced to flee this little town. We know it's like a space western kind of a vibe, uh, like everybody else, it seems. I've been watching The Mandalorian, and so I was stoked about that, but also Firefly. So I, I'm kind of into this, the space western, um, kind of science fantasy as well, Aesthetic, and that's kind of what we ended up with, uh, at least for this version of reality. And we're, as a reminder, we're playing Offworlders for this section because we're exploring different games, and so that's the one we're playing for this. So they were forced to flee town and head into uh, the foothills, and that's kind of where they've been forced to flee. They know they're supposed to be looking for um, somebody. They don't know if it's going to be Joyce, Warder, Iris here, um, but they have to retrieve somebody before they move on to the next reality. So that brings us back into it. So they've been wandering now for a time. Um, 
they're kind of in the foothills and, and the way that I envisioned it is there's this this uh, said city it's more like a, a larger town and they were kind of forced to run they were already on the outskirts and now they're firmly in these um, deserts not quite the right way to put it but it is pretty sparse and pretty barren um, especially can, compared to the Treyminster, like the time they came from, even though I don't know much of it there, that was a standard fantasy world. Um, I envision this as being, uh, everything's a little bit hazier and there's a little bit of dust that's flying up everywhere. So it's not desert and it's not, the, it's not the like desert, famous desert planet. It's not Dune. It's not, um, Tatooine or anything like that, but it is a little dustier. It's just the, the planet is a little bit more used up. Um, the sun light is a little bit less yellow. It's a little more gray. Um, probably there's some, there's some haze, but they were, they were forced to run to, uh, these, uh, foothills in a minute. We'll get probably into some rules for, um, uh, motif, which is the GM emulator we're using for this segment of the podcast. Um, but yeah, they're, they're headed into the foothills. Um, they, they fled the guards and now there is, um, they see some, some flying vehicles, um, that are, um, like circling the town and there's, there's the uproar back there. Um, and so they're, they've been walking for several hours now uh, into these foothills. They don't really don't see anything. As far as they can see, there's nothing in the distance um, yet. We'll ask some questions to see if in a little bit they do, but I kind of want to play out this scene. So Thurston uh, looks at Aneth and says, I, I hope we come across something soon. That seemed kind of weird, though, didn't it? What do you mean by that? Well, doesn't it seem kind of like it's almost, I mean, it's not exactly the same, but it seems in some ways like kind of the same thing happened, you know? I think I see what you mean. Uh, there's a back there where we came from in Treyminster, there were the orcs, and they, they attacked, and we were kind of in the middle of a revolt, and, and I suppose, I suppose you're right, I suppose the same sort of thing happened here. Yeah, it just, I don't know, maybe he said the, the being, or whatever that thing was back there in the portal, it said that it said that you and some of the others exist in some of these other these other worlds, space and time. It's all kind of confusing to me, but I don't know. Maybe there's maybe there's more that's similar. I, I don't know what that looks like, but I don't know. Maybe maybe we're not as on an, you know maybe this place isn't quite as alien as we as we would have thought. You know, I mean, maybe maybe there's some other parallels here as there were you know there was back there. Yeah, I think you may be right. We should be on the lookout, see if there's anything, anything sort of parallel there. But to be honest, I wasn't too familiar with Treyminster back then. So I'm gonna have to travel around a bit, but Treyminster uh, just kind of got stuck in there, kind of passing through, I suppose. Well, I suppose you could call it fate or whatever, but I was kind of thrust into it. But I suppose we're here now. And the most important thing is we need to focus on where we're going. Uh, well, to be honest, where are we going? Yeah, I don't really know either. I, th I thought we were just trying to run out of there. I'm thinking though that if we're looking for, we're looking for Joyce, Iris, and Warder, like wouldn't the best chances of be of them being in that town, or at least us finding more information there? Yeah, I mean, you th I think you're right, but I think that at the moment tensions are too high. We'll have to come back in. Maybe we'll have to sneak back in. Uh, maybe, I, maybe we just see if we can follow, find a small town. I mean, I'm all up for finding a small town and laying low, but I, have you looked at this place? It's kind of bleak. I don't, I don't know if I see, 
I don't see any signs of anything, and to be honest, and, and we don't seem to have a lot with us. Um, looking at them, they they do have their supply mechanically, just to remind everybody. Uh, there's a really cool way that some just random items, like mundane items, are handled, and that you have a, a generic term called supply, and you can just reach into your pack per supply and grab a, a mundane item. Um, so that we're not doing it quite as much bookkeeping. So like if you were to reach in and grab a water skin, that would be one supply. And it would just be like it was always in there. Um, and then you would reduce your supply by one. Um, and then you would have to buy um, you'd have to buy other items or buy a supply of items um, from from some sort of a store. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not 100% certain how. I'd have to look at the rules how like you replenish the supply that way. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of your adventuring pack, um, and other items would have to be bought with actual credits. But um, anyway, so Thurston, back to the action, Thurston says, I'm, I'm not sure that we're going to have enough water to to keep going here for days, and to, and to be honest, we don't know where we're going. It'd be really dangerous to just, I mean, wander off into the wilderness. I mean, what are your experiences? Well, to be honest, at least back where we came from, there were more roads. Like, you could follow the trail, you could follow the path. You know, you could find other people, bump into other people, but to to be honest, it looks kind of bleak out here. I mean, you look and I don't see any paths. I don't see any any signs. Uh, maybe, I mean, they got, like, the flying whatevers, you know, flying around. Maybe they fly around in, in the... I don't even know what to call it, really. But they don't leave tracks in the same way, and so I don't think my adventuring experience in general is going to transfer over. Maybe we should look for a place, I don't know, we should just look for a place maybe that we can view the action from from a distance and maybe scout it out and find a better way in. Uh, maybe see if things settle down, maybe, you know, maybe they will, maybe they won't. Uh, but if they don't settle down, then we may have to just find a quieter way in. Maybe we can find a quiet outskirt and work our way in that way and ask more questions, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like a good idea to me. Um, I guess that's the advantage of these hills, right, is that we can see in. Okay, so let's start uh, asking some questions of Motif now. So the first question, we're going to grab our 3d6 as a reminder. Uh, you can do roll them left or right uh, and count the numbers that way. I do them with a, um, I've got different colored dice, so I've got red, green, and blue. Um, and I just always read them in RGB order um, because I'm a nerd, and that's what I do. So, yeah, first we're going to ask, um, so... We're going to play with time a little bit here. So they've been wandering for quite a while. The first thing we need to know is, do they see anything in their immediate surroundings that, like, is there any evidence of a town coming up as they crest uh, this first hill? Or is it just completely bleak over there? So, uh, yeah. Is there any sign of a town? Uh, the answer is no. Um, and the number is one so there's there's no sign of a town uh it says five favorable so i'm going to read it the, the following way so no there is not any signs of a town there's not really signs of anything as they crest this hill it's just completely barren there's not even much plants it's just bleak it's all it's not quite salt flats but that's kind of the idea except for it, it continues to be hilly it says it's a five favorability so it's slightly favorable to the party though so i think that at the very least they find um, well, here, they have a good vantage point where they can see the the town, um, and they're relatively tucked up here. There's not any activity here, and I'm going to say that there's an old, like, a lean-to, like, a structure that was once here. Maybe it was, like, a wooden house or something that was here, 
you know, a hundred years ago, or, you know, for all we know, it could have been here a week ago, but it looks like it's been here for a hundred years and it's not much. It's just kind of a lean to, it's not a good permanent structure, but it's just like a good lean to. And so they find that. And, um, uh, Thurston says, well, at least we've got some, some shelter and some cover there. Hopefully we, if we get under there, we won't be spotted by anything. We can, we can try to look in. To be honest, I, I haven't even looked to see what kind of stuff we have on us. Maybe there's some helpful equipment. Um, yeah, I don't know. Our clothes changed, so why not? Yeah, I think you're right. Let's let's hunker down for a few minutes. We'll rest under here and let's. Uh, I mean, you took a you took a good beating a little bit back there. Um, she just, Aneth looks at him now and sees that yeah, Thurston does have some bruises um, from their scuffle that they escaped and hasn't really had a chance to recover really at all. And um, uh, yeah, things like. You know, I, I don't think it would hurt. I, I think we could take a rest here pretty safely. Um, you know what? Yeah, let's you you go in the lean to, and I'll I'll take a look and see if we find uh, find anything. Um, so now, as a GM, I want to know if there's if they're surprised by anything. Like they've been traveling for a while. Has anything been following them? Or like any beasts of any sort? Imagining like some sort of like desert desert serpents, like desert snakes, or even like desert sci-fi desert foxes, whatever. I don't know. So were they followed by anything or do they encounter any sort of animal in, in this lean-to? Okay, so it says yes. So they were followed by, it says two, so a moderate, a small amount, um, not nothing, but like not a medium amount. There's a somewhat small amount, number of something that have been following them and it's, it's a four favorability, so it's not as bad as it could be. So it's not gonna be this horrible, horrible beast. So I'm gonna pull up an off-worlders um, where there's some suggestions for like various creatures and stuff. And I may, um, you know, a lot of the tables in here are like thinking more of like space features and less on the planets. Uh, I, I totally forgot even in the last session that there's some really good tables in here that just you use D sixes, which is great. Um, but, uh, in this case they don't really apply as much. So I could go to some other tables. I'm just going to keep the, the pace rolling really. And I'm just going to pull up some of the suggested stats here for various creatures. And we're just going to go kind of with what I was thinking. So, I think as if it's two of them, there's either gonna be two, two kind of serpent things or really I think like some desert fox kind of things would be really cool here. Like kind of, I'm thinking like um, kind of like a fennec fox where they've got the really big ears, the desert foxes, but there's two of them and they're hunting kind of in a pack. Um, so maybe they're behaving more like coyotes. Um, I'm not really a, a uh, predatory canine expert. Um, let's see though, if we have any, oh good, we have some bookmarks here because I'm really struggling to find the um, here we go, non-player characters. Uh, yeah, so they don't have anything for creatures to think of more with people, but I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna borrow, um, it's, it's gonna be about the same as, um, it says, oh, it says civilians, animals, generally untrained people, so we'll go with, um, with that, with their stats. So they have three health, um, and zero armor. So I'm gonna pull out a couple additional D6s to track health. My big, big old bag of dice. Okay, so they've got three, um, and their attack, it's even, uh, you know, what, what damage they do. Um, yeah, initiative does not work the same in this game. If you remember, there's no, like, specific initiative order. It's just kind of what makes sense uh, narratively, um, and as a result of the, the characters kind of messing up. So, uh, let's see. Ah, like mainly if they fail. Oh uh, yeah, so first things first. Um, Thurston already has some damage on him, so he's got nine out of 16 health points. Um, He's carrying, uh, he has light armor, he has a laser pistol, an energy sword, um, skills in survival and athletics. He's 
um, Hardy, and he's got Unstoppable, which has another armor, so he has two total armor. Anath um, has Lucky, so um, she can upgrade one kind of success, so a failure to a moderate success, or a moderate success to a complete success once per session. Um, and Cheap Shot, so uh, I have to look exactly what Cheap Shot says again, but basically, um, I think she gets to... Uh, yeah, it's like if she surprises somebody, she gets to do just like a ton of damage. So looking at the outlaw, cheap shot, if you attack an unaware or a surprised enemy, you can roll the attack as though you were skilled. Rerolling one of the dice if you wish, successful. So I don't know if they'll be surprised here, but we'll we'll see. Um I think really they're gonna have been they're gonna be the ones that are gonna be a bit surprised here. Um so we'll, but yeah, she's also got a da that same dagger that we talked about. She's got light armor and a laser pistol, so she has one armor. And she has 13 out of 13 health. Um, yeah, the class is in here. Again, she's an outlaw, and uh, Thurston, despite his small voice, uh, is a warrior. Okay, so yeah, they're kind of going along, and Aneth um, tells him to, to hide up, and she, she kind of hears a sound and turns around, and... Um, uh, Thurston, Thurston isn't really paying attention. He's just because he's totally bushwhacked from that last battle, and she hears them kind of coming around, and she's like, "Thurston, get up quick!" And uh, they these they are approached by these two foxes. Um, I think the first things first is like they, uh, you know, they could try to just get in a fight here. The the foxes are certainly not going to be surprised, so she can't get the drop on them that way. Um, but I think more than anything, they're really also going to just try to scare them off. So first things first, I think Aneth doesn't really think she's got a laser pistol and she just reacts. And so, um, let's get to the first, uh, attack roll of the session. So she is going to, it's agility for this and which she happens to be very good at. And so she's going to take a laser pistol, uh, take a shot at the, um, the fox on the left because they're trying to encircle, um, Thurston and Aneth. So, uh, she takes a shot. And she gets a uh, seven plus two for her agility. Uh, and just as a reminder for everybody, kind of the, the basically the way that it works is um, with this game, on a six or a low, you miss. Uh, you don't get you don't get what you want, and it's going to get worse. You get experience seven to nine. You get a complication, so you get what you want, but at some cost. Um, maybe there's a reduced effect, difficult choice, or harm. The GM will tell you what. In this case, we'll just decide. And then a ten or higher success, you get what you want. Um, so there's never, it's never just like, nope, it doesn't happen. It's always something happening. So she got a seven, eight, nine with her agility. Um, so she, she does hit one of them. Normally she does hit one of them, but, um, uh, but it's not quite what, um, quite what she, she's looking for. So, uh, she takes a shot at the one, um, and she does hit it. So I need to roll her damage for that. Uh, it's a laser pistol, which does, um, one D six damage. Um, oh no, my computer froze here. Okay, uh, sorry about that, it, my lock screen kicked up. So, yeah, so I gotta roll some damage for that, so she does 1d6 damage. Okay, and they have no armor, so she shoots and kills one of the foxes on the left. Um, the one on the right, though, is able to come up, uh, come up more quickly and, uh, gets the drop on Thurston and actually tries to, or, and, uh, actually bites Thurston for, it says the lower of 2d6 damage, so it bites Thurston for, oh, they were the same, five, whew, okay, so Thurston is definitely not feeling great, I need to figure out, um, about the healing, because they'll probably rest in here in a minute, but, yeah, so he takes some damage, 
Um, and so Thurston now is going to take a, a chance to react. He's going to pull out this energy sword, which he hasn't pulled out before, and have to think that as he pulls it out and it makes this kind of like shimmery light um, that he's like, cool. Like he doesn't say it, but he's definitely thinking it, or I'm thinking it, just playing the game. Um, and he is going to definitely, definitely take a swing at this fox that has jumped up and bit him. Uh, so that's a strength, so 2d6. Oh, I forgot to take his armor into account. So it takes, but he took five damage, but he has two armor, so he actually only takes uh, three harm from that. So he's at six out of 16. Still not great. So he rolled a five here, plus his strength is six. So just to continue his streak from last time, uh, yeah, he's not doing, not doing great. So um, yeah, that is a miss. So he's gonna get another experience. Um, so he's up to four total experience now. Um, and yeah, the fox just like continues to bite down uh, on him, doing the lower of 2d6 damage. Jeez, they're both fives again, so it's another three damage that he takes. He is three out of 16. I think Aneth has to do, um, to really do something here. I don't think her skills, sneaker and manipulation are gonna fit in, so anything else she wouldn't be doing with any sort of uh, advantage, uh, kind of, which is kind of how those work. So I think, um, what she has to do, she can't take a shot with this thing um, because she might hit Thurston if she shoots into this melee. So I think she jumps in and swings her dagger. So that is gonna be uh, with her strength, which she is not great at, but it is what it is. She's got what she's got. Um, she's gonna take a swing at this thing. Ah, that die went out. Okay, so that is a six minus one. Uh, yeah, so six minus one is a five, so that is a failure. She's uh, normally would mark experience. She's definitely got to um, upgrade that though, so that she's gonna use her lucky, which is gonna be been used the session, so now she can't use it for the rest of the session. So she's gonna upgrade this miss to a partial success. Um, so it's as if she rolled a seven to nine. Um, so she gets to do some, dam some D6 damage with this dagger on this uh, like desert fox, and it'll be a little bit complicated. That's a five, so she'll kill this thing, but it also bites her back at the same time. So it does lower of two to six damage. Um, that's five, and she only has one armor, so that does four damage, so that leaves her nine out of 13 health. Um, but she has slain this other um, like large desert fox. So I, I said desert fox, but I'm thinking they're like the size of coyotes, um, but they look like fennec foxes. Um, and she says, Thurston, are you all right? And he looks fairly bloodied. Uh, it's not it's not looking great. He's got three out of 16 health. So he is just really ragged looking. And he says, I'm, I, I, I'm fine. Uh, I, I think I need to, I need to lay here and rest a bit. Um, yeah, that wasn't great. I guess we need to, there's, well, it's more dangerous out here even than I thought. <laughs> Yeah, I think it'll be all right, but we need to, let's tend to those wounds and see what we can do there. So I'm gonna look up in the rules because I frankly, I don't remember um, to see how like kind of healing and stuff works here. Um, I'm sure probably this in here somewhere. Uh, let's see, skills, attributes, abilities, nope. Fighting and damage, probably there. Uh, yeah, recovering health, there are two ways to recover. First aid, you have a, uh, quite a few minutes you can spend one supply to heal another character, 1d6 of health. So uh, Aneth is definitely gonna do that. Uh, they do have a few minutes here. 
um, and they're on this lean to, and so she's gonna spend one of her supply to pull out um, a first aid kit kind of a thing. Uh, so she's now at two supply. And she gets to try to heal for 1d6 of health. Come on, big numbers. Six, all right. I promise I don't fudge these numbers, by the way. I mean, I think anybody who's listened to the beginning knows they don't fudge them because I've lost like a bajillion characters. Um, so, uh, yeah, so we can give him six more health back. So he's back at nine, kind of where he was before this fight. Um, so he's still not, he's still feeling tired and not feeling great, but um, she at least looks at him and says, uh, well, you still look a little rough, but at least we stopped the bleeding. So I think we should stay here and rest. I'll, I'll keep the lookout. I'll, I'll watch and see if I can see anything in the town. Um, maybe I can see something from here. Um, but I think you just need to rest. So uh, it says resting if the character gets the equivalent of good night's sleep, they recover health equal to half their maximum health rounded up. So for instance, his maximum health is 16. So if he sleeps through the night, he would get eight uh, health back, which would bring him up back up to full. Um, I'm not going to give him that health yet because they haven't made it through the full night yet. So um, Aneth has the guard and she's going to spend another of her supply to have in her gear. Um, so we already said that she has a, a first aid, but I think you have to spend that every time. So she's going to spend another supply, go down to one supply to say that she's got some sort of binoculars. Um, so there we go, some binoculars. Uh, and she's kind of posting up... Uh, Thurston's under this lean-to. She's paying attention. They're kind of half buried in the, the dust, like the dust and sand. And she's looking back into the city. Uh, and yeah, does she still see all these like flying vehicles around? Like the, or these riots? Uh, no, she doesn't. And it says three. So it's actually somewhat notable, somewhat remarkable. Um, so, or the word here actually is strong, major, or overwhelming. So yeah, she sees that almost all of them have left. Um, they're not, uh, they're not still there. Um, and, uh, it's just three, it's a neutral favorability to the party. So, um, the town still looks, uh, fairly chaotic, but it looks like a lot of those, um, ships have left. So she's thinking to herself that she's not sure if they've left because, well, she's not sure why they left. Um, she thinks to herself that maybe it's because, you know, they were defeated, you know, maybe the, the ground forces defeated it, which may not be any safer necessarily for them. Um, you know, it's not really safe for them either way. They're kind of unaffiliated with these two groups. Um, it could be that, uh, that they're simply reinforcements on the way and it's about to get worse. She doesn't know that either. Um, it could be that there is a third factor in here, a third group that negatively affected either. I mean, we just don't know, but what she notices is that the, the skies do seem relatively clear and there's not all these drop ships um, going around. So uh, that's kind of surprising to her. Uh, so she is going to continue. So she sees that. She spends several hours seeing that. Um, she's giving Thurston this kind of first opportunity to rest. Um, she's not feeling great either, but um, I think this is just the kind of person that Aneth has showed herself to be, is that despite the fact that she's kind of a, a thief character-ish, um, uh, it's really just that she's decent with, with locks and with people. Um, and I, she seems to be a... She's kind of developed into this, like, really caring type, and I think, um, yeah, I think she's just kind of watching over Thurston here. So I'm going to roll to see if they encounter anything else uh, in the night, and then if they do, we're going to counter, like, we're going to roll to see what it is. Um, 
I just noticed though as well that we have another thing that we get to deal with, which is a reminder is something that happens in this game, or in a motif specifically, is that we have these um, turn counts. I don't have any noted, noted from last time, but I'm pretty sure we had a turn last time, so this would be turn count two. Um, when you have um, either triples or you have doubles with another odd with the uh, third die being an odd number you get a turn which you get you get a kind of a twist in the story so you finish the scene you were doing and you move into the uh, the turn and then you you get a twist when you get um, when you get three turns so we, this will be our second one so we get the turn here the doubles that we had were threes so it says helpful non-player characters suddenly arrive okay cool um, yeah, so she's kind of settling in, and uh, yeah, let's ask maybe a couple clarifying questions. It doesn't really want us to ask a bunch of those, but whatever. I, I find sometimes I need to know just a little bit more. So it says they're helpful, so they're not just neutral, but um, I'm thinking that maybe they're kind of the people that live in these in these wastes, and they hear this, um, and they're coming because of the fennec foxes. So I'm thinking, like, is it a group of... Um, it's definitely going to be a group of people, but like, is it... Um, are they just townspeople? Let's ask. Okay, so it says yes. It says six, which is uh, as yes as you can get. Um, favorability two, or not favorability, degree two. So there's a couple. Um, it says on uh, there that uh, two is flawed, minor, or modest. So I think it's just a couple people. And uh, two, favorability, it says... Uh, generally unfavorable for the protagonists. I think in general what this means is that, because they said they're helpful, so it's less favorable just because it's not a larger number, and they're just normal people. They're not like, they're not specialist forces that have all these provisions and whatever. They're just kind of normal people. Um, so Aneth kind of hears this rustling, and she turns around, whips around, and pulls out her laser pistol uh, and sees a couple people there. Um, and uh, yeah, so she, she kind of looks back at them, and she says, "What are you doing here?" Hey, and she, they say, "Oh, like, no, no, don't, don't worry, don't worry. We're, we're quite friendly here. We're just, uh, we're just wandering through. Uh, we we heard there was a, like a ruckus, and we heard there was some like Finnick foxes, and uh, they can be kind of nasty. And so we heard that we heard that there was like some some gunfire blast, and uh, yeah, we just we came to just try to see if we could help. Uh, we we know we know the dangerous. We know we have to look out for each other out here." Uh, so just put the laser pistol down and we'll just deal with it as, this as quietly as I can. I, yeah, I don't know what accent I was going to go for when I started that. Um, I actually thought I was going to do one thing and then this sort of like my best attempt at like, I guess, Australian or a Kiwi accent is what this is. So I, I you know, again, I don't go and edit this stuff. I'm not going to go like try to take another take of that. So hopefully this is okay with y'all. I'm just going to stick with it. If it becomes unwieldy, then I'll stop. But that's just kind of what came out. And so I guess that's, that's who's out here. Um, and so she looks at them and says, uh, all right, all right. I, I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, I'm okay. Uh, we're just, we've had a long day and we've had a, a rough, rough go of it. Uh, I don't know if you know, but things went crazy in the town, uh, the town there. And the, the other two looked back and, um, let's ask, do they, did they notice, like, do they know what's going on over there presently? It says no, um, uh, for, so they, yeah, they don't have a, like a really strong idea, uh, or a connection there. It's, it's moderately favorable to them. Like, no, to be honest, we don't, we don't keep up, uh, 
with the with the the townspeople. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna be able to do. I I've done it before, but I'm not gonna be able to keep up this like uh, this Kiwi accent for some reason. I think it's just because I'm on the spot being on the podcast. So I'm gonna drop it. And so uh, forgive me. Uh, anybody, if I am fortunate enough to get any listeners from Australia or New Zealand, uh, forgive me for just completely butchering that. Uh, I'll do better. I'll watch more Flight of the Concords and I'll do better. But for now, I will just go make them American and therefore boring in this case. Um, it says, no, no, re- relax. We, uh, we, don't, we don't really keep up with the townspeople too much out, out there. We kind of, we do things differently here uh, ourselves. Uh, we got to fend for ourselves. Uh, I, we're sorry that we've scared you. Um, but please let us let us help. Uh, we've got food and a camp campsite set up. Um, I know you probably don't trust us being out here, but you know the way we see it is that you don't seem like any particular threat to us. You don't seem like you come from either the the corporations or or whatever it is they're calling themselves in the town now. Um, and Anna looks like, what, what do you mean with what they call themselves in the town? Uh, you mean you mean the people that were rioting and fighting back back there? Yeah, they. Uh, to be honest, we don't keep up with them. I don't know what they're called, but uh, they're not super into the uh, the Evolve Megacorp that, uh, you know, claims to own... I don't know how much of the planet, but they at least claim to own this this chunk here. Um, so the people of the town are not very happy about that, and they often kind of get riled up. And, you know, to be honest, that's one of the reasons why there's there are those of us that decided to leave that behind and venture out here and, and strike it out on our own. It's uh, it's not the best, but um, you know we make do with what we can. It's a rough life, but we we know that we have to take care of each other. And you know if you're not if you're not out there stirring the pot, then as far as I'm concerned, you know you're in it. You're we're in it together. So come on back with us back to the camp. So they wander back a ways, and there's a small camp here. I think maybe there's one or uh, one. We said there was only, it was a small number, so maybe there's one other person back here at the camp, and there's a bit of a fire going, um, and they're just kind of sitting around, and there's a small number of provisions, it's not a lot, um, but they they say that, um, uh, please, help yourself uh, sit down and and take a load off, and um, maybe the other one says, uh, yep, maybe you'll be able to get some rest, uh, I'm going to take another shot at this, I guess, uh, maybe you'll be able to get some rest to get some ni- good night's sleep, um, can't hurt, uh, can't hurt, can it? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to abandon it again. Forgive me. Uh, these are the risks that I take. I'm not a professional voice actor. I'm just a goofball. Uh, so yeah, they, um, take a load off, and uh, and you know maybe you'll get, be able to get some rest, and maybe you'll feel better in the morning. And Thurston looks just bleary-eyed at this point. and says, uh, "Yeah, I think I'd like that. I could, I could certainly use that." Uh, so the first one says, uh, "Help yourself to the food here," and the third one. Uh, it's kind of quiet and gruff looking and says mm. and just kind of like gestures over some of the food um, and they say uh, uh, Anna looks at them and says if you don't mind me asking we're not exactly from around here and they they look and laugh and the big one says um, hmm I'll say short one <laughs> well Anna kind of like looks frustrated but yeah, I suppose you're right, but I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that too loud. Like, <laughs> easy there, little one. I don't mean it in a bad way. Aneth kind of just glares at him for a second, but lets it go. And uh, she says, "If you don't mind me telling, uh, mind telling me, 
a, a little bit more about the town. We're not exactly from around here, and we don't really know the way of the, the lay of the land. But we're looking for someone. We're looking for someone that, well, that we've lost. Well, we've lost along the way, and we're searching for it. We don't know if you've seen. Well, there's a couple people we're looking for actually. We don't know if you've seen them. Hmm. There will be time to speak of this later. But first, I think you need to focus on, on resting. Let your friend rest. We'll take the watch. You two can sleep. Actually, if you don't mind, I don't know you very well. I don't know that I can fully trust you and turn my back for that long. I don't mean any harm by that, but I'd rather stay up and keep my eye as well, so perhaps one of you can rest and I'll help take the first watch. Alright, I, I think that sounds agreeable. So... Uh, yeah, we need to know if really if they encounter anything in this uh, in this first night. Do they encounter anything at the campsite? Okay, we get a yes, and we get a strong, major, or overwhelming, and we get oh, this is great. So there's also going to be a, a turn, and it's going to be a third one. So we're going to get to us. So things are about to get absolutely nuts here. Um, so I want to say it's in the middle of the night. So. Uh, yeah, so first things first, the last die here, the favorability one, number one, the answer could not be possibly more unfavorable to the characters. Interpret the most hostile or negative way possible. Uh, so not great. I may dig into a stereotype here, and I think I may know what happens, but so we said they get attacked, and let's see what the uh, turn says. Um, okay, and the, the turn is going to end up being uh, a sudden turn in favor of the player characters, though, and their interests. So I think um, I think there's going to be a few things that happen. One, they definitely encounter something in the night. It's as unfavorable as possible. But in the middle of the scene, they're going to get um, they're going to get kind of a good good turn of events for them. So, and then we'll do we'll finish that scene, and then we'll do the twist. So, um, or no wait, the doubles are fives. It's not a one. Sorry, fives. And especially unusual item or well hidden clue is unlocked within the scene. Okay, cool. Yeah. So first things first. Um, I could try to be more creative, but I'm just going to dive into a stereotype because this is my game and I think I know what we see and it's going to be super, super, super cool. Um, there's no way they're going to be able to fight it, but I'm going to look at the the kind of creature specs anyways um, because what they see is they hear a giant rumbling and they turn around and they see this the uh, like the dust and the sand kind of shifting and it starts to rise in the middle and... Um, the color completely drains out of those at the camp. They look just completely terrified and flabbergasted. And um, the the larger one um, kind of stands up and he says, We better make a break for it. Quick. And then uh, they, they start to run and they see start to emerge a giant, giant worm that like erupts out of um, out of the sand here towards them and yeah not not good for them exactly um, so they're, they're gonna have to run 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 and they they start sprinting we need to know uh, I think I'm gonna make uh, a check here also my audio is freaking out so I'm gonna check that okay yeah there was a weird technical hiccup there and the, the audio in the last like 10 seconds wasn't great so sorry about that so they're they're now running from this giant worm which erupts out of the ground um, and is, is shaking everywhere. I'm gonna make um, I'm gonna make Thurston and Aneth have to make a uh, well, depending on how they handle it. I think um, 
I, I think Aneth is just trying to like work her way across the sand and, and just try to find, um, you know, there's there's a couple stats here. I got to find which one makes sense. So they've they've got strength, agility, intelligence, and will. Um, will is kind of like constitution. You know, strength. They're running. I guess you could make it strength if you wanted, but um, I think really more than anything, they're just running for their lives, and they've got they're they're trying to use their willpower that way. So they are just trying to power through this. They're motivated more by fear and by the will to survive. So I'm just gonna make a will check for each of them. Whatever. We'll we'll go with it. Um, so yeah, this is for Thurston. That is an eight plus. He has a will of two. Um, so that's a 10. So the, he has an unmitigated success. So he's able to stay ahead of it with the rest. Um, Aneth has shorter legs. Um, I suppose I could have used, I, if I wanted to reroll part of that, I probably could because he has survival and athletics. Um, Aneth here has sneak and manipulation. Neither of those is going to help her. So she's going to make a will check. That's a five and a two. So that's a seven. So that's an eight. Um, so she is able to succeed, but it's not quite as as well. So she starts to she starts to drift behind here, um, and she is she risks um, falling behind the group and being caught up by this worm. So she's not caught up by it yet, um, but she has started to fall behind, um, started to get exhausted here. Um, so I think Aneth says, "Somebody, somebody, help me! I'm I'm a bit wee. Help!" <laughs> um, and. Uh, yeah, so I think this is going to be, she's going to try to, like, she's really trying to get one of them to, to do it. Normally, I don't think she'd have to roll, but they're all in danger for, so for somebody to kind of, like, come back for her uh, and put themselves in risk, then she's going to have to manipulate them. So I think that that's definitely another different kind of a will check, and she has uh, she's skilled with that, and I think this is the first time that the skill rolls have come up for off-worlders, and it's pretty cool the way that it works. So basically, um, I'll pull it up and, and read it here so that you can kind of get the idea, but it's... Uh, it's pretty simple. So uh, it says each skill represents an area of trained expertise. Unlike attributes, skills do not have an associated number. You either have a skill or you don't. When you roll the dice and have an applicable skill, you may re-roll one of the dice. So one of the 2d6, but you must accept the second result. So it's kind of a way of doing kind of like advantage in other games. Um, and so, yeah, that's a, it's a pretty cool way of doing it. So I think she's trying to manipulate one of them to come back and help her. Um, lest she get into any serious trouble here. Okay, so that's a five and a six. I'm not going to reroll either of those. That's already an eleven plus a will of one. That's a that's a twelve. And actually, this is slightly different from some powered by the apocalypse game. So that's a twelve. And then I think that actually matters here. Maybe uh, let's see. Rolling the dice. Um, let's see. Ten or higher success, you get what you want. Okay, so maybe it's not this game. Some of them have like a critical if it's twelve or over. Um, I guess that's not the case here. But either way, I mean, so she gets somebody to turn back and come back for her and then pick her up um, as they're all running. So um, it puts them a little bit behind. So uh, whatever happens next, there'll be a slight disadvantage for us. So they may have to make one more roll later to see what happens. So now let's handle that turn um, or the twist rather that said that they encounter, what did it say? Um, they, a sudden turn in favor, or, um, an especially unusual item or well-hidden clue is unlocked within the scene. Uh, let's see if there's so many good quick tables here. Otherwise I kind of have an idea for what I want it to be. Um, and you know what, actually, I think we'll just, I think we'll just go with the, my idea here. So they're going through the desert and they kind of stumble, like as they're, they're running, they kind of come, uh, to like a, uh, towards a kind of a cliff cliff face and one of the other people that we we haven't named them yet but um 
Let's come up with the same names real quick. Actually, there's some charts in here just so I can refer to individual people. So the first person who I failed completely to do a Kiwi accent, so again, forgive me on that one. Um, that person's name is two, four on here. So two, four, uh, forest. Cool. Uh, forest. And then, um, I get run forest run. That's kind of what's happening. That's pretty funny. Uh, the second one who is always American is two, one is a uh, Corbin. So we have, uh, I probably should write this down somewhere. It's probably a good idea. James, write down notes. So we have forest and we have Corbin and um, the last one who has the deep voice that I, at this time of the night, I have to drink some water. I cannot do this deep voice anyways. Um, his name is five and four, five, four. Uh, it says shale. That's pretty cool. S H A I L shale. Maybe, oh, maybe he's like more native to this area than the others. We'll find out. Um, but he's certainly the gruffer of them. So anyways, uh, as they're running, um, I'm going to say that, uh, forest trips and, uh, it has like a thud and he says, um, Hey guys, come, come check this out. There's, there's something here. Like whatever it is, we're running out of time quick. Uh, and so then he, you see him, he pulls like a, he pulls up a hatch and like quick. There, it seems like there's, there's something, there's some, something here. Like, I, I don't know what's in here. And, the, and uh, Shale says, we don't have time to, to find out quick jump in. And so they, they kind of jump in, um, whatever the structure, hoping that the structure will protect them like from this worm. And they, they all jump in. It is completely pitch black and dark in there. They don't know what they'll find. Um, so they, they drop down. Everybody's going to make it down, but we need to check to see, uh, I think it's uh, Corbin that's carrying Aneth. We need to check to see if they are able to make it in before having to more directly confront this worm. So I'm going to have Aneth make an agility check. Um, see if she's able to like hop off and hop in that's a five and a three um so that's an eight plus her agility of two so that's a ten so yeah she's able to just like jump off and she like jumps in the hole and corbin's able to go in and shut the hatch um as this ant not this ant what am i talking about it's like the opposite this giant worm uh like directs and goes the other way um so now they, they've landed in here and um I'm going to have, uh, just so that I don't abuse, like, NPCs shouldn't just be, like, holders of all the items that I need. I think it's reasonable that they would have a flashlight, and I could ask the Oracle, but I think it just makes more sense for Thurston to spend one of his supplies, so he'll just have had a some sort of, like, a flashlight um, in his pack. And maybe, it, oh, maybe it's, like, a, maybe it's, like, on his wrist. Maybe he's got, like, a wrist thing that's, like, a wrist light, and that could be kind of cool. So he, uh, he flips that on, and a couple of the others do as well. And they're down here, and then... Shale says, oh, this is interesting. Do you know what we found here? No, I don't think I've seen anything like this. Well, obviously we haven't seen anything like this. And Thurston says, yeah, I, I mean, we're kind of new here. We haven't, we definitely haven't seen whatever it is. Hmm. Well, you're in for a treat then. You see, my people, you may not know this since you're newcomers, but there are those of us who have lived in these, these dust flats for for ages, for centuries even, living in the, in the barren lands, and we uh, we found ways to survive. It's, you see, these worms are not the only creatures out here who have it out. Uh, it's a hard life. But you see, part of the reason why we've lasted for so long is that we have these network of, or we did have these network of tunnels and and such. What do you mean you did? Don't you anymore? Well, 
no, you see. And then he trails off, and um, Corvin looks at Aneth and says, it's a little bit hard for Shale to talk about, but... Well, you see, once the megacorps rolled in, they... They didn't. They don't really particularly care for Shale's people, and they started to round them out and root them out, and they um, they killed a lot of them, and the and some they did experiments on, and the rest they shipped off elsewhere. When they took control of this planet, they they took control of it. Um, so, really, the 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 other human transplants uh, that are here, a lot of them are from somewhere else or had no other choice to come here. But, well, yeah. The locals were kind of rounded up and, and removed. They were a once great civilization, and and now that's just all gone. There's only a handful left. Um, most of them stay out here. Some of them are, you know, some of them brave enough. They're brave enough or, or foolish enough to venture into the town. But it's a, it's a terrible tragedy. Aneth kind of says, well... I have to say that we're quite acquainted with tragedy. I'm sorry to hear that that's what happened to your people. But I think we should take a look around, see what we find. Uh, so she looks around and they are... Well, I guess we can kind of ask. I have an idea that it's kind of like... Um, actually, I'm not, I'm not going to ask because I think it's cool. Again, I think it's something you should feel free to do if you have a really cool idea. Like, and you just want it to be a thing, don't ask the Oracle for that. Uh, just do it. So, uh, and especially because... We have only had so much kind of like dungeons in this game, and I think dungeons transcend genre. Um, I'd like to, I'd love to have another one, and I think what happens is that this is an old temple, kind of that they're looking around. Uh, we can ask for you know sizes and things, and, and I'll probably design one later. Like I'll probably sketch it out because um, I've been taking up like drawing for that kind of stuff lately. Uh, so maybe I'll sketch out um, and leave the rooms empty so we can stock them later. But essentially, this is a giant kind of like temple hideout place. Um, uh, Shale says, "We used to. This used to be most of our civilization. Actually, was below ground, which is why, for so long, we were not. We were. We were mostly undiscovered. Most of these are still unexplored throughout these dust flats, and there are hid, hidden treasures. But there are plenty of other creatures that have moved in and made themselves at home. Fortunately, most people outside don't know of these. In fact, I've actually never seen one of these myself. I've always just heard the stories." I think we'll be as safe as we can be for now. Um, and otherwise, I think we'll have to just... Well, we can't really get back up the way we came in, I don't think. We'll have to find some other way out of here. But I think that we... Well, to be honest, that's why the three of us are out here in the first place. is not only to survive, but to thrive. And I think this is the place to do it. Aneth says, I suppose that we're just kind of following the currents of fate anyways as it is. Thurston says, we'll come with you. I, this is going to be as good a place to find clues as, as we get. Um, I've, al I've almost remembered, or almost just forgotten, I've just remembered that we also have the uh, twist, which we need to roll up, because we've had... Uh, oh, no, we've only had two turns. No, I think that was a third one. Yeah, I think that was a third one, so we're going to have that um, in this session as well. So we have a twist. Um, I don't know if I'm doing this early. It's hard, a lot of stuff to keep track of. Well, I'm doing this on the air as well. Either way, we're going to roll it up. So it says roll two six-sided dice. Uh, so we finished that scene, and um, it says after three turns, finish turn and scene, which we just did. And so we'll see what the twist is. 
That's a six total. The approach of the PCs we're taking turns out to be wrong, tactic, or insufficient to fix the problem. However, they should be directed or receive clues to help transfer them to the new path and evolving storyline. Yeah, I think that's actually kind of like what just happened, so I'm not gonna adjust it. Like, basically, they thought the town and like trying to find answers were there. That's clearly not turned out to be the case. Um, they kind of are just going with the current of fate, as Aneth put it, and they're gonna um, kind of dive into this dungeon now, uh, this sci-fi science fantasy dungeon uh, with the others and see what they find. Maybe they'll find one of their party members down here. Uh, who can say? Um, it, at least hopefully they'll find some sort of a clue to help them uh, down here. So that's actually where we're gonna leave it this time. I think I've, I've left fewer gaps. There's probably still a lot of ums I didn't notice. Um, there was obviously some horrible Kiwi accents. I'll stop deprecating myself on that one, but that was embarrassing a little bit, but whatever. I'm not gonna edit this podcast as much kind of an experiment. I wanna see what you guys think about it. I'm gonna try to increase the audio quality, but I'm not gonna go and cut stuff. Also, because I think I've been leaving less and less uh, space to edit out like I've done before. Sometimes like when I was first getting going, I had to think a lot more about what was going on. Um, and I think that that's something that I've discovered for myself about um, the different systems. I, I did a bonus episode that you can listen to as well where I talk about uh, bonuses and systems and things like that. Um, if you skipped it, it's just to say I've been trying different games. Um, you can listen to that if you're interested. But just to summarize, I think something I've discovered is that different people have different styles and these rules like games have been working out really well for me because it's easier for me to just take an idea and run with it. And I think not having to like ha keep all these different rules in my head and having just a smaller number of rules that push the narrative forward has worked out super well for my solo role playing. Um, like I had to ask the Oracle only a handful of times. I think also I'm just getting more practiced, but Offworlders has been really, really fun to run solo because it just gets out of my way and I can just play the story and see what happens. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that that's a huge win for me here. So uh, regardless, I, I think we're gonna leave it here. I've left fewer gaps. I'm probably gonna not edit this podcast as much, leave the rambling and um, see what you guys think just to show that this is really actual solo role play. There's, I've not edited to make the story. I've not written a story ahead of time, really just given some guidelines. Um, the other thing I just discovered is that the more I play the like, you know, I've got stuff to fall back on. The characters have kind of started to emerge as to what they're like. And so I have to think less about stuff like that and have to pause less than I did in the early episodes. So this will be kind of the, the uncut unplugged version, I guess, where whatever. <laughs> Anyways, I hope you really enjoyed it. Uh, next episode, we will continue here in this desert uh, this ancient desert, sci-fi, fantasy, whatever, dune-like dungeon. Um, so until next time, I'm your host, James Schrall, and this has been Subclass Act. <laughs>